welcome to Turn Yourself Into a Booked Out Freelance Translator. My name is Jason, and this podcast is dedicated to helping passionate and ambitious freelance translators invoice their first 20,000 euros faster by niching down, marketing bravely to direct clients, and achieving higher fees, all without sacrificing their weekends and saying yes to every single job. If you aspire to wanting more clients and higher profits without saying yes to every project and longer working days, this podcast is dedicated to you. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of this show, Turn Yourself into a Booked Out Freelance Translator. I'm your host, Jason Willis-Lee, and this is a new solo episode with me. This episode is called Three Ways to Craft a Cover Letter That Nails Your Narrative. Now, a few days ago, a student on my online course, Become a Booked Out Freelance Translator, asked me specifically what to include in a cover in a cover letter. This was during a coaching call. And she asked me what to include in a cover letter. So it got me thinking a little bit about cover letters. And I did a bit of DTR, desktop research. And I found that the cover letter wasn't really even a thing until about 1990. I was 15 years old, or I turned 15 in 1990. Uh, nod your head if you've included in job applications. Please find my CV attached and I'm at your disposal for any questions. I think we can all relate to to that. I've certainly probably submitted a few applications like that. So I think the cover letter became important at the start of the 1990s, and it is a way to convey a personal story, I think, and really nail a personal narrative. Storytelling sells. Personal anecdotes sell. And our personal story is unique and non-transferable to us. It is what defines us above above all and helps us stand out from the competition. So here are three three things to include, and they're, they're three things that you would normally include anyway. But this is just a twist on the usual the usual way of going about things. Number one is work experience. So here, be sure to mention how your current work projects tie in with the agency or direct client you are applying to. The work history you mention on the cover letter should have a direct bearing on the account you're applying for. So for instance, in 2015, I was a translator on XYZ Project. I held the role for two years and went on to ABC Agency, where I headed up the translation division for the following projects, and then you list them. These roles helped me shape these skills, pick the relevant skills, which will add value to your advertised role of whatever the job is posted. So here, be be humble and to the point. Avoid saying you're the best person for the job because you have a strong background in translation. Focus on what you did and, more importantly, the results it achieved. That will allow the vendor manager to decide whether you're the best person for the job at issue. Uh, Three personal stories that you have that you can include that tie into this role are a good number to stick to. This adds credibility and it doesn't make your cover letter too clunky. So that's number one, work experience. Number two is education. If you're struggling to decide whether to discuss education or work experience first, go with the one that is the most impressive and can boost your credibility early on. When it comes to education, it's not really enough to just state the degree it's important to highlight the aspects of the degree that will add value to the role you're applying for. So that's number two, education. 
Number three is something fun or different. Now, if you're applying to a role that is very serious, say a role at MI5, MI6, or GCHQ, I, I once applied for a job at GCHQ when I was a, a young graduate, or institutions where humor or spontaneity is considered possibly a disadvantage or a vice, then skip this step. For the rest of the applications, and I think this can apply to freelance translators, interpreters, and copywriters, it helps to show that you have a sense of humor and won't be just another cog in the machine. If you're an avid cellist or you host an improv comedy show twice a month, I think that's worth mentioning. So that's number three, something fun or different. So just to recap, number one was work experience, number two, education, and number three, something fun or different to set yourself apart from the rest. I hope that was useful. Stay on your game and keep shooting for your lofty goals. I will see you on the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to click the little plus sign on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify to make sure you get new episodes on your device every single week. <laughs>